there's something magical about storytelling. And, you know, after we've gone, what is it that's left behind? Well, our stories can live on as long as we make sure that we share those with, with people. So I think, you know, nurses are in a great position to be able to encourage patients to, to share stories of their experiences. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own, often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience, a first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and indulgence to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode, I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Happy Nurse Podcast. I'm Elena Mullery. And today I am joined by Lisa Evans. Lisa is one of Australia's leading speaking and business storytelling consultants. She's the author of four books, a certified speaking and storytelling coach, a TEDx speaker coach. She's accredited by the International Coaching Federation, a Genos Emotional Intelligence Practitioner, NLP Practitioner, Sketchnote Artist, and Graphic Facilitator. She's one of fewer than 150 people in Australia to hold the designation of a Certified Speaking Professional. And she's recently been verified by the eSpeakers as a Certified Virtual Presenter. Lisa helps leaders to mine, refine, and deliver captivating, sticky stories for their business and brand. Whether it's in the boardroom, ballroom, platform, or podium, she helps them craft compelling stories that are hard to forget. As a way of giving back to the community, Lisa is the host and curator of a live storytelling charity event, Stories from the Heart. The show has been consistently sold out since 2016, including sold out shows at Perth Fringe Festival with a five star rating. Before her transformation, Lisa worked for 20 years as a midwife. A devastating illness meant leaving her career and finding a new calling to bring life into the world in the form of stories. She's known by many as the story midwife. Welcome, Lisa. It's lovely to have you on the show. Hi, Elena. It's great to be on your show. (laughs) I love that. The story midwife. That's an awesome reframe of what you do. I love it. 
I know a client gave me that name a few years ago. I would never have thought of it myself. And uh, he introduced me and he said, oh, what did you used to do before you became a speaker? And when I told him, he said, oh, the story midwife. And it's kind of stuck. So I'm, I quite like the name now. Yeah, it's very cool. That's a bit like how I became the happy nurse. It was a colleague that said, you're just like the happy nurse. And that's <laughs> just stuck. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> As you know, um, the Happy Nurse is all about promoting self-care to nurses and healthcare professionals. As part of this, I um, encourage people to have a non-negotiable in their self-care. So what would be your non-negotiable? Right now, my non-negotiable is sleep. If I am sleep deprived, then not a lot functions well. And as I've aged, it, it's harder to get a good night's sleep. Often I wake up and I can't get back to sleep again. But I really do try and get a solid so six, seven hours sleep a night. That's my non-negotiable. Yeah, sleep is huge for me as well. I can see why they use sleep deprivation as a form of torture. Oh, definitely, yes. And as nurses, we often are sleep deprived because we work late to earlies or we do night shifts and our circadian rhythm can go all out of whack. So, yeah, it's very important to ensure you're getting enough restful sleep as well. It has to be restful and not just grabbing naps here and there. Um, I notice you're also a vegan. You put on the paperwork. I am. And that's another thing that I've been focusing on over the last few months. And during lockdown, it's been a little bit easier to be self-disciplined with diet and, and what I eat. So as a, a move to, well, I'm now fully vegan, but it was a bit of a transition over a few weeks there. I've recently discovered you know, new foods, new tastes, new websites, new cookbooks. And I've now developed this sort of renewed passion for cooking, which I never thought I'd, I'd say. And I'm just trying to explore different types of, of meals and to find you know, what suits me. So that's been another good a good journey and into self-care, the diet. Yeah, I was vegetarian for years. And earlier this year, I decided to try the vegan diet. And I was very good during lockdown and very disciplined. But I must admit, since then, I am occasionally having some dairy. But I try to be vegan as often as I can be. Yeah. I'm a part-time vegan, I think. Even if you eat meat less, then you'll be doing yourself a favour. My, my youngest daughter, we call her the flexitarian because she's primarily <laughs> vegetarian slash vegan. But, you know, sometimes she'll say, you know what, this weekend it's sausage Sunday, mum, and she'll go and have a sausage. And, you know, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. You've just got to give yourself a break sometimes and do what yeah. you want. Hey, yeah, that's totally awesome. I created a model of self-care to make it easier for people to address their self-care needs. So I broke this down into five different aspects. These are the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and indulgent aspects of ourself. And when I speak about the indulgent aspect, I'm talking about what self-care often gets associated with the, the bubble baths, the trips to the spa, the massage, you know, it's so much more than just that. But 
I class that as the indulgent part, and it is a very important part. But if we're addressing the other four aspects, it allows us to really enjoy those indulgent aspects when we do like um, explore them. So what would be your idea of indulgent self-care? Well, I love chocolate. I do have definitely have a weakness for chocolate. And one of the things that I've discovered since being vegan is different types of vegan-friendly chocolates, which is, has been a, a wonderful journey. So I do love, I do, do love chocolate. Uh, I also enjoy massage. I, I find that massage is a really good relaxing treat. I do consider it a, a treat, so it would be in that indulgent part rather than a necessity. But it's really not because if my body's not functioning, then, but I, I consider it a treat. And I also like to sometimes go away for the day. I might check into a day hotel or check into a resort and just have some really clear thinking time where I, you know, there's no expectations. I'm sort of off the grid but I'm working on myself and working on my business while I'm in a completely new environment. I find that that sort of sparks a new level of creativity and thinking. And often I've had my best ideas when I've been at these places. There's one place that I go to that's out in the Swan River that's got a bit of an equestrian and a nice cafe and you can get massage and nails and a bit of a pampering session there. But it's a, a, a great to go in terms of the scenery as well beautiful and yeah it's so true when we go out to these places and we do fully relax and become very present that is when all our creative juices start to flow isn't it yeah I often find I become very creative the weeks that my boys are with their dad because I have that time to just kind of sit down and decompress and and be present with myself again because I'm not constantly in mum mode. So, yeah, I get where you're coming from with that, definitely. Beautiful. If you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try, why not head on over to happynurse.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief. It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. Another thing I encourage nurses to do is to aspire to be the best versions of themselves, because if we're turning up as the best versions of ourselves, we are delivering the best possible care to our patients and being the best support to our colleagues and allied health professionals. Who or what inspires you to be the best version of yourself? I have three daughters. So being a mum and having three beautiful daughters definitely inspires me to be the best version of myself. My middle daughter I'm particularly proud of after leaving school a little early and following a trade as a hairdresser. She spent seven years as a hairdresser. And then three years ago, she said, Mum, I want to be a nurse. And she went to uni and she's now a newly graduated registered nurse. So very proud of her and how hard she has had to work to get through the, the degree. 
and to really, you know, go back to being a student again and starting at the beginning. And I'm just very excited because I know she is going to make a wonderful nurse. She's been doing some work in, in aged care and she just loves the profession and it just gives me a lot of joy knowing that you know, there are newly graduated nurses who are going into the profession and with, such, with such motivation and enthusiasm and I feel you know, a level of, of, of comfort that now there is a system that is much more supportive of nurses than when I was a young student nurse and a newly graduated nurse on, on the job. So my girls definitely give me a lot of, of inspiration and they certainly keep me accountable when there are times when I don't show up as my best, as my best self. There's nothing like your kids to tell you what to do, especially when they get a bit a bit older. So yeah, they're my main form of inspiration. I love them to bits. Oh, that's beautiful. And congratulations to your daughter. Welcome Thank to you. the profession. Thank you. Yeah. Um I believe that you are going to share with us how storytelling can be used as a communication tool. Because which I think is amazing because as nurses, we have to be good communicators. We're constantly there. The, the patients look at us for education, for advice, for leadership. We are the advocate for the patient when it comes to allied health professionals and the medical team. We're the medical team's eyes and ears because we can't, they can't be there all the time like we are. So communication is a huge part of our role. So I'm really interested to hear what you have to share with us about this. Yeah, well, storytelling is my your topic. It's my passion of choice. And I first got interested in storytelling as as a nurse so I trained you know, many many years ago in fact I grew up on stories we didn't have a we didn't have a color tea and a color tv until the Montreal Olympics in in 76 so that's how ancient I, I am so storytelling was very much part of my childhood not having the devices that we have these days and then when I became a nurse we didn't have the support systems that are available now to people in the health profession. So uh, as a way of debriefing, as a way of getting through the day, as a way of dealing with a lot of the uh, trauma and unpleasant things that we had to deal with, particularly as a very young student nurse training on the job, then storytelling would be what we would do as a way of expressing, of making sense and meaning to the, the situation. At the time, we all lived on, on campus. That was a part of the role back then, so we're all very much together. And we would sit around and we would tell stories, and it's a great way to heal and a great way to debrief and to process things. And, you know, there's something magical about storytelling. And I found that particularly in the early days of, of nursing, when I was thrown in the, in the deep end as a newly graduated nurse or even as a third-year student nurse, that, you know, we often don't have the right answers. We often don't have the right words to say when somebody is going through something that perhaps they're not going to recover from or when people are, you know, really having a tough time. But we always have stories. We always have the richness of our stories. And there's, there's something very special about you know, sitting with a patient and getting them to share their story of, of their life and to really think about the journey that they've had 
and how their journey and their life's experience can help others in that way of you're know, leaving a leaving a legacy. And I love sitting down with older people and and doing this because I find that a lot of older people they're very humble about the things that they've done and the places that they've visited and and the the trauma maybe and the hardships that they've had to endure through growing up during difficult times and often those things are not spoken about because they think that other people are not interested you know maybe younger people don't want to know about that stuff and when you sit down and you encourage them to share a story then there is such rich material there and you know after we've gone what is it that's left behind well our stories can live on as long as we make sure that we share those with with people so i think you know nurses are in a great position to be able to encourage patients to to share stories of their experiences it's a great way to capture emotions thoughts and feelings when people perhaps are not able to articulate in words exactly how they're feeling or what's going on for them and yeah stories break down barriers in in any form of communication so they are a wonderful tool to be used yeah and I, I love what you say about the older people as well sometimes they have the most fascinating life stories. I could sit there and listen to them all day. And as a recovery nurse, I feel very blessed that a lot of the time I'm one-on-one with the patients. And some patients have shared the most incredible stories with me over the years. Of, And you just sit there in awe, but they're so humble, as you say, about it all. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I, you know, I said while you still have older people in your life, in your family that, you know, get them to share their stories, you know, get them to maybe speak their story into, into some sort of recording device, you know, maybe make some, some notes and capture your stories because I have got a lot of friends who say, oh, look, if only I'd, if only I'd asked Dad had some more stories about his career or when he migrated to Australia or and those stories are, are, are gone. So capturing stories while you can and sharing yeah, and really encouraging people to just just share those rich nuggets that, that we all have. Yeah, and I'm sitting here thinking as I'm listening to you and I suppose storytelling is an awesome way of building rapport with someone because when they become comfortable enough to start sharing these stories with you, you've then got that rapport that they are going to feel like they can open up a bit more and maybe share something that's bothering them that you wouldn't have been aware of beforehand. That's true. Yes, that's true. Once people feel that they've got uh, somebody who's willing to sit and listen to them in a non-judgmental way and that they've got you know, that sort of safe space to share a story. I mean, as a, I've got a saying that in order to be a better storyteller, you've got to be a better story listener. And there is a real power in the listening part of storytelling. And, and really being a story listener is about holding space for others so they feel as though they are able to open up what's going on in their innermost self and share that story that may be a little bit vulnerable, that perhaps they haven't shared before due to fear of judgment or because they think others are uninterested. So, yeah, nurses are in a good position to be able to hold that space. 
Yeah, there's a, another saying I love is about, um, and I picked it up during my mindfulness training is listen to learn, don't listen to reply, you know, and I think it's very true, especially with patients, because you could pick up some gold kind of piece of information about how they're feeling or something else that's going on with them that they wouldn't have shared normally because they think it's insignificant. So yeah, listening to learn is definitely a huge part of communication and storytelling. Absolutely, yes. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Oh, I could speak about this all day, actually. <laughs> um, what would be your advice to newly graduated nurses when it comes to communicating with their patients? Communicating with patients to definitely listen more than you than you speak, to show respect and, and compassion, and to really learn from your patients because, you know, I learn some of my most valuable lessons from the people who I was supposed to be looking after, but really they were looking after and looking out for me and it was only much later in life that I, you know, still think very fondly of particular patients that taught me such valuable lessons in in communication and in uh, how to care for people. So it's, yeah, listen and learn, never, never stop learning. And you, you asked, the question was around communication, communicating to patients, but I think that one of the other pieces of advice I'd say is that always ask for help. Always, always ask for help. And often it, it's hard to ask for help when you sort of see that your colleagues are busy. But, yeah, asking for help and never stop learning would be the two most important ones, I think. Yeah, asking for help is so important. And as you say, people, they don't want to bother others or they don't want to come across as not knowing what they're doing. But having the courage to be that vulnerable and actually ask for help actually says a lot more about the strength of your character than if you were just to soldier on and, and do something unsure of what you were really doing. So, yeah, I think it's very important, especially, I mean, even now I'm 20 years down the line and if I don't know something, I will say, wait a minute, I need some help here because we can't know everything. We're all human, you know, it's, we're always learning and practice is always changing. So yeah. yeah, asking for help is very important. Yeah. And it gets easier. I think as you get older, you, uh, there's something about you know, that sort of asking for help, you know, what will people think? Oh, I'm supposed to know this and I've forgotten. And you lose a lot of that when you get older and you, <laughs> or you forget, you've got to ask because you've forgotten. <laughs> Yeah, so true. <laughs> yeah, I some days I'm like brain freeze. I need yeah, <laughs> but it's just recognizing that you do need to ask for help. It's very important, and I think fear does stop a lot of us. I remember when I was newly qualified and and out there, and you did worry about what people were thinking about you. But as you say, as you get older, you realize that. Yeah, it's important to ask for help. And it's okay to ask for help. There is no stupid questions. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, we've got to put the patient at the forefront and ensure their safety. That's right, yes. So as a 
a professional speaker, you obviously have skills in delivering yourself and, and the message that you want to convey to your listeners. Is there anything that nurses can do to help them to convey information or their leadership or health education to their patients that you would um, recommend? Yeah, that's a really good question, Elena. I, I like that question. I think you're yeah, speaking clearly and often when we are given health advice, Often your patients then say, or relatives I've, I've heard say, look, the, the doctor or the nurse spoke so fast and I didn't understand, I didn't like to ask, and they came up with all these terms. So you might have to say things over again in a different way. So keep it simple, keep it short, give the patients bite-sized information. You, you might They might only be able to take in two minutes of information you might need to come back and really observe the patient's body language and, and face so that you can see whether they are actually absorbing what you're saying to them. Are they taking it in? Do they understand it? Or are they just sort of politely nodding because they want to come across as being, being polite? So I think that, you know, keeping it simple, speaking slowly and clearly, articulating your words really well, and also making sure that you pause a lot because when we pause, that's when we're allowing uh, whoever's on the receiving end of our words time to think, time to reflect, time to come up with their responses and their answers. And if we're speaking at a fast pace and we're just filling in all the gaps with more words, it soon really becomes overwhelming. And the moment we start to overwhelm people, then they shut down and they switch off and that's when they walk away and then say to their loved ones, I had no idea what the doctor or nurse told me because it was too much, too much information. Yeah. That's awesome advice. And I love how you can merge your experience of 20 years as a midwife so you understand what it's like to be a nurse and be in that position of delivering that education. And you've also got the, the wisdom of being a speaker so you understand how to deliver it in such a powerful manner. Thank you so much. That's awesome advice. You're welcome. It's been so lovely chatting to you. Thank you for coming on the show. I believe you are about to launch your own radio station. Do you want yes. to share that with the listeners? Thank you. Yes. The radio show that I'm co-hosting with Lou Kelly is called In Good Company, and we are going to be live on 897FM every Thursday from 8 till 12. We'll be playing music and having guests. And is that here in Perth, here in, in Australia? It's live streamed, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's so exciting. I look forward to listening to it. Right. And if my listeners would like to learn more about you or work with you, where can they find you? I have a website, which is speakingsavvy.com.au. I'm also on LinkedIn, Lisa Evans Speaker, and I'm on Facebook, Lisa Evans Speaker. I'm on Instagram as The Story Midwife, so there's lots of different places people can find me. And you also have your event, the stories from heart, the heart, don't you? Yeah, I have a live chair, a live storytelling charity event called Stories from the Heart, and all profits from the ticket sales go to Perth Children's Hospital Foundation, which is a wonderful cause. The next event is on the thirtieth of August here in Perth. 
Awesome. And can anyone go to that or is it just aspiring speakers? Anybody can go and be part of the show. The tickets are via Eventbrite by donation. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. It's been wonderful chatting to you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Happy Nurse Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the Happy Nurse community, head over to Facebook and check out the Happy Nurse AU Facebook page and request to join the Happy Nurse community. Also, check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon. And in the meantime, remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others.